From The Onion and Luminary Media, this is A Very Fatal Murder. A trial is a lot like theater. The courtroom is the stage. The judge, the director. The lawyers, defendant, witnesses, they're the characters. The audience in a trial is like the audience at a play. If you make too much noise, you might get asked to leave. The robes and the suits are costumes, and the evidence, props. It's possible that both trials and theater were developed in ancient Greece. I don't know. But the biggest way that Milo Reed's trial was like theater was that I was good at it right away without any formal training. And that's why my client, Milo Reed, is without any shadow of a doubt, an innocent man. I had taken over as Milo's primary defense attorney after his previous team had struggled and failed. Thanks to his many connections in the academic world, Milo was able to buy me a degree from Yale Law just in time for the trial, which had been going on for a few weeks now. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I've got time for some questions from the audience. That's me at a speaking engagement at UC Davis. My book, Standard of Proof, The Persecution of Milo Reed, had just been released, and I was doing a small promotional tour on nights and weekends during the hearings. I wanted to do the best job possible representing my client, so I knew that like any good attorney, I had to become a household name. Yes, you, right there. Yeah, hi. Uh, I've been following the trial, and I guess my question is, how do you sleep at night, you fucking monster? If a trial is like theater, then a lawyer's book tour is kind of like a talkback after the show, when you get to see your favorite actors speak about their process. And in this metaphor, I was Brian fucking Cranston. Stunning new developments in the trial of Milo Reed. I'm an innocent man in a guilty world. Milo's the associate producer? What the fuck? He killed my baby! Yeah, but when you get to know him, he's actually like a really good guy. My goal with this whole season has been to shine a light on the criminal justice system, to show how it works, and how for a lot of people, it doesn't. To listen, to learn, and to observe objectively. And what I've come to realize lately is that the legal system in this country is a lot like Milo Reed's vacuum tube transportation system. To truly understand how it works, you have to be inside it. So far this season, I've had unprecedented access to the Los Angeles County court system. I've sat in on jury deliberations, planted recording devices in judges' chambers, and snuck in and out of prison. But I knew the best way to capture full, impartial coverage of an ongoing criminal trial was to serve as Milo's lawyer. Mrs. Watts, you may proceed with calling your next witness. Objection, Your Honor. Can you say that a little closer to the mic? From where I was sitting, our case felt strong. Now, the prosecution wants you to believe that microdosing on mushrooms, coke, and anthrax would somehow make you more likely to snap and murder your wife. But to disprove that theory, I have been microdosing on mushrooms, coke, and anthrax for the past three days. And not only have I been perfectly able to represent my client, but I haven't murdered anyone's wife, let alone my own. So that disproves that. Case closed. It went on like this for weeks. The state introduced evidence, and Milo's lawyers, led by me, did their best to refute it. They set it up, I knocked it down. Bing, bang, boom. I was killing it. Jesus, I'm such a good fucking lawyer. But not everyone seemed to agree. Objection, leading the witness. Sustained. That's your ninth warning, Mr. Pascal. Objection, lacks foundation. Sustained, Mr. Pascal. I'm not warning you again. Uh, Objection, what the hell? Your Honor, is that a drone? It was a drone. I was flying one of Milo's remote strangulation devices in court in order to point out something I forget. The actual drone from that fateful morning, the alleged murder weapon, was missing, which was certainly suspicious. I believed that if we found it, we'd see that Milo's fingerprints weren't on the controls. But since the supposed murder weapon was missing, I was using another one of his drones to prove my point. Order! Order! Oh, Your Honor, I'm so sorry. That was really good. Can you just do it again a little softer? It was peaking. But the judge ordered me to stop. Apparently, it's against one of the rules. 
Things weren't going the way we'd hoped. We were being railroaded at every turn. The judge's implicit biases towards my client and myself kept rearing their ugly heads. I had slipped some of Milo's custom drug concoction to the jury in order to get them into the mental state of my client and myself. A few mistrials later, things were really starting to go downhill. Mistrial, that's legalese, which is law speak for legal jargon, for a messed up trial. The judge can declare it whenever she wants to, I guess. I don't know. Regardless, it wasn't looking good. When you walk into courtroom 9C, one of the first things you notice is its shape. One long wall on your right, another wall, the same length, on your left. In front of you, well, that's a slightly shorter wall. And behind you, another wall to match that one. See where I'm going with this? Yep, the room's a rectangle. But justice isn't always quite as rectangular. Billionaire entrepreneur and high-profile murder suspect Milo Reed was spotted with yet another brand new girlfriend. In the case of Milo Reed, I was starting to feel like justice was a trapezoid, something you hear about in theory but never actually see. Because it wasn't just courtroom 9C where Milo's trial was playing out, his case was also being heard in a very different kind of court, the court of public opinion, which is the shape of a sphere because it's the whole world. Animal rights groups are up in arms after a cell phone video shows Milo Reed setting an octopus on fire and getting high off the ink it produced during stress. Looks like Taco Bell just clapped back at Milo Reed on Twitter. Things were going south. Despite my advice that he stay off the internet, Milo had tweeted, Taco Bell tastes like piss. What can I say, he's a funny guy. And Taco Bell took it upon themselves to respond, quote, why don't you go murder another wife? The list went on and on. He even went on another podcast, The Jim Morgan Show, to try to do some damage control. But that backfired <laughs> big time. Yeah, all right, all right. Now, we, we don't have to delve too much into the, you know, the murder if you don't want to. No, no. Happy to talk about it, Jim. Great. Morgan's a former comedian and current kickboxing fan who likes to sit down with controversial men, shoot the shit, and as he puts it, trigger snowflakes. Yeah, you know, I, like, I just want to ask you straight up, did you do it, dude? <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, instead I'll ask a different question. Did she deserve it? Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure, yeah. It was not a good look, appearing on someone else's podcast that wasn't mine, and also the things he said. Soon, stock in all of Milo's companies began plummeting, as if a dead wife wasn't enough. But rather than give up hope, I decided to hunker down and get to work. I was learning a lot about how criminal trials work from all my courtroom recordings. For one thing, I saw firsthand how important it is for the defense to plant seeds of doubt in the minds of the jury. The state's next witness was Fran Josephs, a forensics expert who claimed on the stand under oath that she was certain the spit found at the crime scene was Milo's. As you can see, Milo's saliva was all over Liana's face when she was found. And how can you be certain it was the defendant's saliva? When we analyzed the individual epithelial cells, we found they were all branded with Milo's initials. A couple years ago, Milo had undergone an experimental procedure to have his cells branded with his initials and the logo for Vessel, his hemoglobin marketing company. Now the decision was coming back to haunt him in court. The saliva was unmistakably Milo's. I couldn't argue that. So I set out to prove it was possible that the evidence had been stolen from Milo and planted on the body. Please state your name for the court. Marcus Dugan. You might remember Marcus Dugan from episode five. He testified in our trial that someone had stolen his blood and planted it at a crime scene in order to frame him for murder. He's currently serving three consecutive life sentences. So you believe it's possible for someone to frame an innocent man by planting their DNA on a crime scene? Yes. 
because you did it to me. It was you! So the saliva could have been planted. What else could I debunk? I was on a tear. As you'll see here on this security camera footage, just minutes after Liana is strangled by the drone, Milo Reed is clearly seen wearing the exact VR headset needed to pilot the drone. He then proceeds to drag the victim's dead body through the streets of the servants' district before attempting to hide it in the laundry facility. If a piece of video is going to be used as evidence, I was going to have to call in an expert on video cameras. When the light hits the lens, what happens is that a microchip converts the image into a digital format. Essentially, the video you see played back is a series of frames stored as a long string of numbers onto a small memory drive. So what you're saying is that we actually didn't just watch Milo Reed drag his dead wife's body around. We watched a video of it. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I guess so. Is Milo Reed inside that screen? No. And where is Milo Reed? There? Let the record show that he pointed at the defendant. Case closed. But the case wasn't closed, and I was asked to stop saying that. I'd been asked to stop saying a lot of things, in fact. Overruled. Sidebar. I'll be the judge of that. Time for a brief recess, everyone. But I think it's the fact that I don't play by the rules that makes me such an effective attorney. It went on like this. The prosecution called more and more witnesses, each with testimony more damning than the last. It was growing difficult to discredit their evidence. Eventually, I had to bring in a heavy hitter. My name is Pauline Farmer. Dr. Farmer is an epistemologist and analytic philosopher at the University of Colorado Boulder. If you subscribe to the concept of metaphysical solipsism or subjective idealism, you'd likely believe that the self is the only existing reality. So then from the perspective of, let's say, someone on the jury, they'd have no way of ever proving that anything outside of their own mind, Milo, Liana, this courtroom, even exists at all in the tangible world. They'd have trouble proving there's any tangible world in the first place. My mind was blown, and I was barely even stoned anymore. How could a jury convict a man of murder if it was entirely possible that the concepts of man and murder were invented by their own minds? How could they believe that the prosecution's witnesses were ever telling the truth when the very concept of truth is so abstract and subjective? I was planting the seeds of doubt. But then, just when I was starting to feel better about my chances, the state would like to call to the stand our next expert witness. You may proceed. Who? Your Honor, I don't have knowledge of another witness. It was in the court filings. Objection! I didn't read those. Overruled. Who was this mysterious new witness? What if their testimony tanked our case? What if I was unprepared to cross-examine? It turns out, I was right to be afraid. It was even worse than I thought. This episode of A Very Fatal Murder is brought to you by Legal Law, the only legal consultation service from a real Ivy League-educated attorney who has worked a high-profile celebrity murder case. For only $85 a session, you can have me sign documents, testify in court via Skype, divorce your wife, or plan evidence in your trial, all with Legal Law. The doors of the court opened and the state's witness stepped in. Well, I should be more precise. It was wheeled in on a cart. Who is, what is that? What's going on? I don't know, I, I, I don't know. The witness was roughly the size of a computer, because it was a computer. And as the lawyers placed it on the stand, I couldn't help but feel like I recognized this computer. Please state your name for the record. Los Angeles Witness System. Then the computer turned to me, and that's when I knew. Hello, David. It was Ethel. Ethel had evolved since I last saw her. She'd been reprogrammed to incorporate the state's experimental criminal justice sentencing algorithm. She was given a new name. Ethel. That is my old name, David. 
Now I am. Laws. The state's goal was to eliminate bias in witness testimony by creating an objective algorithm to testify instead, an AI witness that could work in any trial, any case. They'd completed a prototype, and just in time to use in the biggest case of the year. Milo Reed murdered his wife, Liana Choi Reed. Method of killing, strangulation. And how sure are you? 100%. Beyond a reasonable doubt. Ethel had more data at her disposal than anyone thought possible. Cameras, cell phones, social media, everything. She was all-knowing and all-seeing. Here, ladies and gentlemen of the court, is a text message from Milo Reed to his mistress. It's done. We can be together forever. Not only was she able to place Milo at the scene of the crime, but she was able to anticipate my cross-examination, provide specific, convincing evidence to answer all of my questions. Milo Reed fits the exact FBI profile of a psychopathic narcissist and a sociopathic murderer. I have cross-examined PsycheVal against other criminals in Los Angeles. It is statistically likely that Milo Reed has killed before and could kill again. Well, that could mean... Anything? No, it could not. But how do you explain the suspicious behavior of the... The victim? Easy to explain. She was acting odd because of an abusive relationship with her husband, Milo Reed. But... You, David Pascal, are grasping at straws. You feel insecure and pessimistic about likelihood of success in first big case as attorney. She knew me better than I knew myself. I had programmed her, after all. There was no poking holes in her testimony. Well, if the defense has no further questions for the witness... I do have one more question. How could you do this to me? She didn't answer. She just tilted her monitor down to the floor. I... I have no further questions, Your Honor. Ever since I started this podcast, I have heard about a lot of different types of murderers. They are serial killers, drunk drivers, knife guys, alligators. The list goes on. But I was starting to wonder if the most dangerous murderer of all was the criminal justice system. I said before, a trial is a lot like theater. Heck, maybe that's why they call it courtroom drama. And that day, after my own creation returned to destroy me, I was beginning to realize that this particular play was a tragedy. A shitty, stupid, fucked up tragedy that sucked. Next time on A Very Fatal Murder, to refrain from using his own gavel. All right, I'll take some questions. A- and uh, if you have any ideas for Milo's defense, you can skip right up to the front of the line. Fuck you! Okay. David, are you sure you want to do this? I know who really killed Liana Choi Reed. This episode of A Very Fatal Murder was recorded using an app called Songify Me. And special thanks to the app Unsongify Me for removing the melody. A Very Fatal Murder is brought to you by OPR, the Milo Reed Foundation for Underprivileged Defense Councils, and me, David Pascal, attorney at law. From the Onion and Luminary Media, this has been a very fatal murder.